and it is time for the rural news with Sally Murphy in Ōtautahi. And Waikato kiwi fruit growers say this is the worst season they've had in years. Kia ora Charlotte. Yes, a significant number of kiwifruit growers in the region will have no income next year and others will have crops that won't cover the cost of production following a heavy frost earlier last month. Waikato is a smaller growing region with about 550 hectares of fruit. An additional 100 hectares was planted this winter. A grower with 22 hectares, Richard Glenn, says it's taken until now to get his head around the full impact of the October 7th frost. He says it's the worst he's seen in 40 years of growing. Horticulture is not for the faint-hearted sometimes, but it's, um, yeah, it, it took a while, you know, mental health and things like that. You go, oh, and, and my manager as well. It took us about four weeks to get our head around it. It's sort of like hail. It only ever seems to get worse, and it, it showed that up. First week, we thought, well, maybe we're 50%, and I've got a map at home, which I plotted it all, and then, but in the end, we got down to losing 70% of blocks that we thought we had a 50% crop on. Um, but I've got, I know people well that have lost everything and yeah, they're pretty devastated. And that will mean they're getting an income this year from kiwi fruit that they, they were selling, they're selling at the moment. But next winter, they will have no income coming in, but will have had expenses. From June onwards, those growers will have zero income until the following April. Meanwhile, in Tupuki, Trevelyan Pack and Cool Managing Director James Trevelyan says a warm and wet winter has really whacked their crop. He says they tried to prepare for the bad weather the best they could, but the vines have been damaged. We tied down more wood, but in some cases it's just you know beautiful cane that's that's um, you know I've, just on the home block here that my wife runs. I mean that that does stunning. She does stunning um, performance. I mean it's biograss certified, but this year, that the wood that that we've always tied down and it's it just did not just didn't break. It just was not that was it, the bud break was was bad and the, there was just a serious lack of bud. So we saw the warm coming, that we didn't see the wet coming, and we thought we played a card against the warm, but no, you know it was you know nature had a stronger card and always will do in the end. Mr Trevelyan says because of the weather, the quality of the fruit is lower, so he's expecting heavy financial losses. I'll just talk about one orchard, the home orchard here, basically the profits are halved. Um, and that's, you know, we've just got to, we, we are in horticulture, we've just got to suck it up, that's the way it rolls. But, you know, it, it then starts to affect, it affects everything. So if I take the growing hat on, I put the post-harvest hat on, you know, we, we've had to, as the crop volumes theory increase um you know we've been building infrastructure to to cater with those those volumes but those volumes don't come it's you know it's tough on the cash flow james trevillian says the change in climate has pushed his company and other growers to look at how they can better prepare for heavy rain events Staying with kiwifruit, despite growers having a rough season, the country's largest post-harvest kiwifruit operator is looking to raise $30 million to expand its capacity. About 700 growers supply Eastpac near Tipuki. Company Chief Executive Hamish Simpson says kiwifruit volumes are set to grow significantly in the next five years, with Zespri expecting yields to grow from $178 million to $238 million trays in 2026.
that for us as a, as a packer and storer of kiwi fruit means that we need to continue to invest in infrastructure to meet that challenge of, of a wall of, of fruit coming towards us and to service our growers' needs. So this is really a form of fundraising to meet that investment challenge. Mr Simpson says the minimum investment is $20,000 and growers have already put their hands up to be involved in the expansion. So what this money is designed to do is really build capacity to pack and store that fruit. So it's around large automated graders, it's around more cool storage capacity, it's controlled atmosphere. So it's all infrastructure investment. That's really where we're putting the money. Hamish Simpson says with an initial investment return of 8.9% per annum, he's confident the $30 million can be raised. Community groups working to protect threatened species and biodiversity can now apply for government funding. $9.2 million has been made available through the Department of Conservation's Community Fund. It can be used to protect threatened species and ecosystems or for projects that protect cultural heritage sites and maintain visitor infrastructure in the backcountry. Acting Minister of Conservation Mika Whaiteri says local communities are best placed to protect their local wildlife and places and this fund lets that happen? Well, it's just to show that communities are passionate about their their particular areas and governments are keen to work with the communities, obviously, to ensure that we give greater protection to our diversity and our biodiversity throughout the country. And so, obviously, COVID has had um, an impact on everything and no different to this fund. So, it's pleasing to announce on behalf of the Minister um, you know, the announcement of this, this fund, which we've had pre-COVID, is now back up and running for 2022, and I think it's exciting. That's Mika Whaiteri. And just lastly, a major Gisborne salad grower is hoping an indoor glasshouse being used to grow crops will help ease chronic labour shortages. Leaderbrand has just harvested spinach from its new 11-hectare glasshouse for the first time. Chief Executive Richard Burke says like other growers in the horticulture sector, they've been running with limited staff numbers. He hopes growing indoors will help ease the pressure. If you can get more volume out of an area and make it stack up, without the environmental impact, then you can actually produce more for less man hours. And so if you can do that, then you're starting to tick the box, aren't you, in terms of solving some of those problems that we've had in the past. You know, as an industry in horticulture, we really have to accept the challenge that we need to be a high-paying industry, a high-wage-paying industry. And if we can do that, then we're going to attract the right talent, then we're going to be able to achieve some of these great ideas that we have. That's Richard Burke ending the rural news for today. Koirate Porongo o te taifenua.